0: We're so glad to have evangelist Victor Jackson and his wife and his little boy, James Asher, this wonderful family that God has used in a special way. I was thinking about the message that Brother Joel Urshan preached Friday night of Wind's Conference about the only talent that we need, and he talked about Moses being the meekest man on earth. Whether or not you understand or know this, Brother... Uh, Victor Jackson is a very humble man. And uh, he does not talk about it, but when he got saved, he was in college and was the number one point guard in all of junior colleges of America and was on his way to the NBA. God saved him. And when he got saved, the Lord taught him that to be used in the kingdom, you got to glorify God. It's not in the arm of flesh it's not what man can do so brother Victor Jackson totally surrendered his life to the call of God and God has continued to use him in a powerful way and I've asked him to speak about something tonight that uh, he probably would not have done on his own certainly it's not to give any glory to Victor Jackson only to give glory to God and that God has found a vessel that he could use at a very important time in the history of our country. Whenever this thing came down in Minneapolis with George Floyd, the Lord put it on Brother Jackson's heart to go up there, not knowing what would happen, but just simply to go up there and to pray with people on the streets. And he asked a guy who was just standing next to him to do a little video of what was happening there and that video has been seen by more than five million people now all around the world and it has to do with just lifting up Jesus sometimes we can get so caught up in this world that we forget that it's all about lifting up Jesus and we have done that tonight, and the Lord is here. And I, I wanna show uh, before Brother Jackson comes, I wonder, Brother Tyler, if you have that video.
1: Hello, can I have your attention? I'd like to have prayer in this place so the people of this world knows that there is still hope in Minneapolis. I came here from Florida, for one reason and that is that there be unity that is that there be love and kindness so if you could just gather in a little closer let's honor social distancing can you come in a little closer we're just gonna have prayer that there is love that there is peace that there is joy and that there is hope in this city does anyone believe there's hope in this city Yes. yes, yes. Can you clap your hands if you believe there's hope in this city. I'm going to pray that the power of God and his blood would restore relationships, will restore friendships, and will restore this city. Can you lift up your hands where you are right now? Can you lift up your hands where you are? Lord Jesus, right now, I am praying for the power of God to come upon your people. I am praying that there would be peace, that there would be joy, that there would be hope, that there would be life, that there would be no more suffering, that there would be no more deaths, but that you would be glorified in every heart, every mind, every spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, bless these people now in Jesus' name. I'm an evangelist with the United Pentecostal Church International. There's several United Pentecostal Church International churches in this area that you would love to connect to, www.upci.org. But more importantly than all of that, if we repent together, yes. if we get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, if we receive his spirit, there is going to be a transformation that happens. If you'd like to come and talk to me, i love to pray with you in person, uh, person to person. Thank you so much for your time. Can you give God a hand clap of appreciation? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Since that time, hundreds of people have been baptized in Jesus' name. <clears throat> hundreds of thousands of people have gone to upci.org. Eddie James, whose songs we sing out a lot, he has gone to that, shown that to his church. Entire denominations are rallying around that because people are hungry for the power of God. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, or what denomination, people are hungry for God. And Brother Jackson will tell you a little bit more about that, but I want you to know that this is the day that God has given us and He has given us the doctrine of the oneness of Jesus and the anointing of the Holy Ghost to be able to impact this world with the glory of God. Aren't you glad we serve a powerful God and His name is Jesus? Would you welcome Evangelist Victor Jackson.
1: Come on, can someone clap their hands unto the Lord and let's just give him glory? Come on, somebody open up your mouth and just give him glory. Come on, somebody let a hallelujah out of your mouth. He is worthy. He is worthy, he is able. Hallelujah. Holy is the Lamb of God. Wherever you begin to proclaim the name of Jesus, it's like that song said, it it does become holy ground. No matter how messed up it is, no matter how chaotic it is, when you utter the name of Jesus, something begins to change in the atmosphere. Not just a a historical Jesus, not just a Jesus that others may have a lower perception of, but when you understand who Jesus is and that everything is in him. Come on, somebody. He's able to change anything, everything, make something out of nothing. And that's why we're all here. We're all here to just give glory to Him. Uh, why don't we open up our Bibles to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 4. I'm so thankful for your pastor and Sister Amy and Bishop and Dr. Myers and their wonderful families so thankful uh, for their kindness and hospitality. Thank you so much for the gift basket and uh, enjoyed my fellowship this afternoon. Thank you to those that made a wonderful meal for us. We give honor to you. Um, So thankful to have the opportunity to just share this word of God that is more relevant than it's ever been, written thousands of years ago, but it just like apples of gold. It's just a word in due season every time. How many of you know the Word of God is alive? It's alive. Second um, Kings chapter four. Verse 1, literally in fellowship today, they just kind of brought up the video and I don't know why, but I just uh, broke down crying and uh, just burdened for this hour. There's a weight in this hour. There's a weight of responsibility. We've got a lot of work to do, huh? 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thy servant hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said unto her, Son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed verse 7 last scripture then she came and told the man of God and said go and he said go sell the oil and pay thy debt live thou and thy children of the rest I want to preach on that subject this evening the oil is enough the oil is enough Can you lift up your hands where you are, close your eyes, and let's ask the Lord to have his way in this place. God, I feel your glory. Lord, I'm thankful for these wonderful singers and musicians that have prepared an atmosphere to get into your presence. Do something in us deep tonight. Pour out your glory. Let your oil be upon us. Let your spirit be upon us. We need the anointing now more than ever. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I tell you what, uh, the hunger and sincerity that is here, is just so commendable. I just commend you uh, for your hunger uh, during this time and just your zeal. Wow. Um, you know, they say 2020 is... Uh, amen. That's all you can say about 2020. That's... A, that's a, <laughs> I said all I could say about 2020. Uh, You're... Years, years, Uh, decades later, they're going to look at this time and they're going to see 2019. Then they're going to see a fuzzy area. Then it's going to say 2021. And they're going to be like, hey, what happened this year? And they're going to say, that's the year which shall not be named. (laughs) It's going to become one of those things that just becomes a, acronym. How you doing today? Well, I'm feeling 2020. (laughs) How'd that relationship go? It's 2020. (laughs) But you know what? You guys are going to be able to look back and say, what were you doing during that time You're going to be able to say, you know what? Me and my family, we were in the house of God. Wow. Wow. The oil is enough. One of the most overlooked people in this text is the most important person in this text, the person that is never talked about in the text that I read to you, often overlooked, but I would argue is the most important person in this whole passage of scripture. When we talk about this passage of scripture, we talk about the oil, we talk about the vessels, we talk about the widow, we talk about the prophet, We talk about the house, but we overlook the person that helped make this miracle possible. And that person is the person that's mentioned in verse 1 where the Bible says that a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried unto Elisha saying, Thy servant, my husband is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. I would argue that this man is the most important person in this text. Because this son of the prophets, they all carried oil on them everywhere they went. Boy, I feel like preaching already. Everywhere the sons of the prophets went, they carried oil on them They never knew when another king would be anointed or appointed. The prophets would send out sons of the prophets to go anoint kings such as Jehu. They sent that son of the prophet in to anoint Jehu to be king over Israel. The sons of the prophets carried oil with them everywhere that they went. And on this son of the prophet's deathbed when he's about to die he said I don't have any money to leave behind to you I don't have any furniture to leave behind to you I don't have any fancy heirlooms to leave behind to you but I'm going to leave behind to you what's most important to me and that is the oil and the oil is going to be sufficient to meet the need of adversity. Oh Lord, he said I don't have much to leave behind I'm just leaving behind what I invested my whole life in and that is the oil and you may not understand its importance now but there's some adversity that's coming into your future and the oil is going to be sufficient to meet the need of adversity the creditor came to this woman and tried to convince her that there was another answer other than the oil but the elder left behind what was most important to him. Can I tell you our elders didn't leave behind fake fancy technology they didn't leave behind beautiful houses they left behind what was most important to them and that was the oil and the oil is the anointing of the Holy Ghost and it is sufficient to meet the need of a lost End dying world the oil is sufficient I said the oil is enough I said the oil is all you need I said the anointing of the Holy Ghost is able to meet the need of a dark hour and when the world starts pressuring us to come up to another answer for its sin and its careless mistakes we don't need to get discouraged we just need to look at them and say you know what we have the answer and that is the anointing of the Holy Ghost and it can do more Four! the elder left behind what was most important to him. He left behind the oil. The oil was sufficient to meet the need of adversity. He knew adversity was coming later and instead of her worrying or feeling threatened he would leave something in the house that was able to turn the tide on her behalf. And the Bible says that the creditor came to try to take the two sons to be bondmen Uh, the world came to try to take uh, the next generation Uh, and the world was trying to persuade the church Uh, you gotta come up with something different Uh, you gotta come up with something different Uh, you gotta come up with something different Uh, but she had what she needed uh, already in the house Uh, and that was the anointing of the Holy Ghost don't let the world convince you that you need anything else you got everything you need it with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and it is sufficient. Oh Lord it is sufficient uh, to meet the need of the hour. Uh, Can I tell you whenever the coronavirus hit Italy uh, oh they were selling uh, sanitizer sanitizer hand sanitizer what's it was in such demand that they started selling hand sanitizer uh, the ones that you put on the keychain they were selling it for over $40 because as adversity increased the value of the hand sanitizer increased and as adversity increases the value of the oil increases oh god oh lord you may not feel like you have a lot to offer but if you have the oil that's all you need to meet the need of a lost and dying generation The anointing, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That's all we need in this hour. We need a baptism of the Holy Ghost like we've never had before. We need to be baptized all over again. We need to get baptized with the fire. We need to get baptized with the oil. We need to be immersed. We need to be saturated. We need the oil to take every part of our being. The oil is sufficient to meet the need of adversity, but the world will try to convince you. Come up with a different answer, but there is no other answer to this situation. They just need the oil. We need more. Uh, than our political party we need more than our political preference come on somebody you know what needs to turn America upside down a bunch of apostolics that begin to go into the streets with the oil of the Holy Ghost come on somebody You know what's going to turn this country around. It's going to be an apostolic revival. It's going to be when we have a revival. It's going to be when we begin to reach every backslider, when we begin to reach every lost soul, when we begin to reach. That's what they're hungry for. That's what the world is hungry for. They're hungering for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But this woman, the Bible says, that this woman, she had been around the oil so long that she said, I don't have anything in this house save a pot of oil. She had grew up around the oil where she forgot how valuable it was it had begun to collect dust on the shelf oh lord when you're raised in this come on somebody and you get used to people getting the holy ghost and get used to people getting baptized and get used to seeing miracles we can take for granted that this is what the world is looking for they're looking for an atmosphere like this It's just a part of our... how, how many God, the Holy Ghost? Oh, well, one God, the Holy Ghost. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Moving on, on. Amen. What well, we eating today, praise God. When you're raised around it, you can begin to take it for granted. And she was getting discouraged, depressed with everything that was happening in her life. The creditor was threatening her children. Her children were about to be taken as bondmen. And while she's getting depressed, she keeps on walking past the oil. Uh, and all she needed uh, was to get her eyes back on the oil uh, and the oil would meet the need come on somebody if you want peace let the anointing come over you Uh, if you want joy let the anointing come over you if you want hope let the anointing come on somebody clap your hands if you value the oil Come on somebody, lift up your voice if you value the oil. She was around it so much that she forgot its value. She's collecting dust. What do you have in the house? I don't have anything. Oh, just a pot of oil, but that oil was sufficient to deliver her out of her trouble. That oil was sufficient. Come on, somebody, to give the joy back, uh, to give her peace in the middle of the storm uh, while the whole world's going crazy. uh, She's walking around with a smile on her face. Come on, somebody. uh, Why are you smiling like that? Don't you know it's 2020? Uh, I got something uh, from the Holy Ghost. Uh, I got something, uh, and the world didn't give it to me, uh, and the world can't take it away, uh, and I got... What I have is sufficient to get through every trial. What I have is sufficient to get through every storm. What I have is sufficient. Oh, (laughs) praise God. I remember, I remember before I got saved at 19 years old, I remember I was so hungry for God. That I would, my family didn't go to church. I would literally walk to church services, hungry, any church service, any denomination. I was just hungry for God. And I remember going to a church service with my friend. And when I went to this particular church service of this particular denomination, the worship set was about 10 minutes, the preaching was about 10 minutes. After the preaching, the song was about five minutes. And that's what they did every Sunday. But I was so hungry and so broken by circumstances. Oh Lord. While they were singing the last song, that was a church that don't do altar call. I came to the front. And I got down on my knees. And I just began to cry out to God because I was so hungry and broken. Three ministers came and grabbed me by my arms and they brought me to the back room and they set me down and they said, are you okay? (laughs) What's wrong? I said, oh, I'm just feeling the presence of God. And they're like, what does that mean to us? You see, I was begging for a drop of oil. And we now have oil to swim in. I'm not going to take this for granted. I'm not going to take this for granted. This is what I lived my whole life for. don't realize in that type of atmosphere how hard I had to work just to get a drop of oil to come on me so I could cry. Thank God for an atmosphere like this. Come on, where the oil is all around us and we can partake and we can grab and we can get it if we want it. It's sufficient. You know how I know it's sufficient? I remember before I got saved, I tried every other way to live for God. My God, I tried to use my intellect. Y'all not hearing me? I was studying. maybe if I study this sin longer, I won't do it no more. <laughs> Type it in on Google, is this a sin? not hearing me come on I was trying to educate myself out of that sin y'all not hearing me and I tried everything to try to get delivered I couldn't even understand the Bible and I was reading it as much as I could but when I walked in that March 15th at 11 45 a.m. to a Pentecostal church and I lifted up my hands and I began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave me utterance. All of a sudden, sin had no hold on me anymore. Sin, sin didn't have a hold of me anymore. I I went back to my room. See, when I spoke in tongues, I, I was one of them stoic folks. When I was speaking in tongues, I was just like, After that spoke in tongues, for a minute or two, I'm going to go sit down. And maybe somebody would look at me like, oh, he ain't got it. He ain't got it. Well, the evidence is speaking in tongues. Amen. Not emotions. You got to understand, I trained my emotions to not respond to anything. Because that was a survival tactic being abused as a child. Hello but after I spoke in tongues, I went back to my dorm room and I opened up the Bible that I could never understand. And all of a sudden, revelation began to flow to me. All of a sudden, I could understand it, what was it? It was the oil. The oil got a hold of me and it began to search the deep things of God. It began to search and guide and lead into all truth. Uh, The oil is just the oil. The oil is sufficient. Oh, come on, somebody. There's some things that this world can't give you. I, I don't care how much motivational speaking you watch. Amen. Oh, Lord. I wish I could give you a challenge. Some some of y'all, you ever notice uh, you can watch motivational speaking for two hours. uh, And you say, you know what? I'm going to use this motivational speaking uh, to get my prayer life right. You pray 10 minutes and give up. Because the flesh, what is born of the flesh can only reap flesh. You can't use motivational speech to push you into the spirit. Come on. If you want to be successful in your business, if you want to be successful, in the, that, that's okay. But when it comes to the things of God, that cannot be in the flesh. If you want the things of God, you got to get in the spirit. you got to get under the anointing. you got to get under the glory. That is the only answer. How can you say that, Brother Jackson? I tried. Hey, Amen. Came from a basketball background. You want to talk about listening to motivational speaker? Come on. Ah! I'd be like, man, I'm gonna take this into the prayer room. I'm about to pray six hours. Going to the prayer room, oh, Jesus. I need your help now. I think I think I'm done, Amen. Does <laughs> motivational speaking count as prayer, Amen? It's only the oil, and it's the only thing that can change the world. Is the anointing of the Holy Ghost? Is the anointing of the Holy Ghost? And it was in her house. It was in her possession it was right nearby just waiting for someone to pick it up and take advantage of it the oil is sufficient to meet the need of adversity in this hour whenever i or i went to minneapolis i told them this afternoon that the lord had me on a silence to not post any videos of myself. No inspirational videos to anybody. No inspirational videos on Instagram or my Instagram stories. He said, don't release any podcasts. He said, don't release any of your books. This was in December last year. He said, just shut it down. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm one of those guys that the Lord tell me something I'm just going to obey I don't even ask questions, but you know, my mind starts trying to figure it out. Amen. I don't ask questions, but my mind working. Amen. I'm like, well, maybe, well, maybe he, the uh... Lord, like, it ain't that. It ain't that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was shut down. And then all of a sudden, the country shut down in March. I started this in December, first or second week of December. Now it's March and the everything's shut down, and the only way to get a message out is through a video, through a podcast, through a book. The Lord's like, uh-uh, you ain't doing none of that. I said, Okay, Lord. So I'm literally sitting back at home watching the world just fall apart. And there is nothing that I could do about it. So I was just praying and reading and just you know, it's like, I mean, something something crazy was happening every day. And I was just like, oh, Lord, just give me, give me some wisdom. The only thing he let me do is my little Instagram posts, my little Instagram quotes that I do every now and again. And uh, all of a sudden, finally, it's May, George Floyd died. I thought I was going to be on this silence thing for maybe two two to three years, I, I, five years, I was willing to stay in this silence as long as he wanted me to. I even put it on my thing. I put like a five-year, 10-year plan thing together. And I'm like, I'm not kidding you. You're trying to make sense of this. Like, I'm gonna be silent, you know, for five years. Okay, I'll be 35. and just, I, 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 I was trying to make sense of it. But then Friday morning after george floyd died and these riots were happening and there was division in the country and there was racial division and there was so much division in the world and there was division uh, in the body of christ i woke up friday morning and the lord said it's time which what you mean lord i'm releasing you you sure I'm so I went into my office and I recorded a 25-minute video to the whole world. And after I was done, the Lord said, "That ain't it." I was like, "Lord, I wish You would have told me before I started." <laughs> he just like, he's just watching me preach. About it. I'm thinking I'm real anointed, and God said. Hey, he said delete that video. That that ain't it. I was just like okay. Deleted it. Still sweating. It was in the afternoon, so you know neighbors walking around hearing me scream in my house. That's when I started recording the videos at night. Cause when I'm preaching in my house, I mean I think they might call the cops on me or something. Just like There's some domestic violence going on there. He he mad at somebody named Lucifer. (laughs) (laughs) Lucifer or Satan, one of them, he said he gonna kill them, amen. (laughs) deleted the video, went on Instagram Live, and when I went on Instagram Live, I just wanted to encourage some young people with everything that was going on. But... The Lord said, that ain't it either. Delete that. So I deleted it. I'm like, God, you're releasing me, and I and there's nothing that I can do. I went into my bedroom, got under the covers, and for six hours, I just wept and cried. Just a spirit of depression hit me. I just got depressed because I'm watching my whole country go up in flames before my eyes and... There's nothing I could do about it. Was just so depressed, just lost all my energy, didn't want to eat. And uh, finally, while I was there, all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me. He said, go there. Go to Minneapolis. I began to book my my tickets. I went to see what's the earliest flight to get out. Because of the minimal flights going out, the earliest flight out was from Atlanta at 8.45 a.m., which is six hours away from me. And uh, uh, and so I booked that ticket and I called my pastor. I said, Pastor, God spoke to me to go to Minneapolis to pray for the protesters and pray for the police officers uh, to bring unity. There's a burden on me. I was just weeping on the phone. And he said, "I," I said, I will not go without your permission. I said, if you tell me not to go, I said, I'll cancel these tickets right now, and I won't go. He said, Victor, the hand of the Lord is on you. You need to go. 12.30 a.m. that morning, all of a sudden, I'm excited. I was depressed, and now I went to excitement. Louisa went into intercession. (laughs) And literally, I haven't told anybody this. She was praying, and she was crying. She was just like, Victor, you going in there in the middle of that? I said, Louisa, don't even pray about it anymore. I said, and I'm not praying about it anymore. I said, I've been praying about this for months. There's a time that you have to stop praying and do something. I said, I I refuse to pray. I've been praying for months. I'm done. I'm going. Come on, somebody. So when some people are scared to act, they just start praying more. I said, I just said, hold your tears, woman, weep not. I'm kidding. I didn't say that. I didn't say, You know I didn't say that. My wife's Colombian, by the way. Amen. You know, praise God. Amen. I drove six hours, left at 1230 in the morning, drove six hours. When I got to Atlanta, got on the first flight out from Minneapolis, from Atlanta, flew, got into Minneapolis at 10 a.m., George Floyd's death. Uh, was 25 minutes away from the airport. I wanted to drive right into the spot where he died. Now, I was expecting to pray for one or two people, uh, a protester, a police officer, just go and pray for people. I was expecting just a few people there. When I got there, there were thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people in the streets. And when I got out of my vehicle, Literally, in less than 30 seconds, saw somebody walking, said, hey, I'm here from Florida. I'm coming to pray for people. Do you have a prayer request? They said, can you pray for this city right there? I said, Lord Jesus, I'm praying for this city right now. I prayed for about 100 people before that point on that video. There were no one preaching in the streets yet. There were pastors that were handing out food. At their congregations on the block, and there were it was a Billy Graham van uh, that people brought brooms to clean up the city, and that was it. It was uh, social activists, and it was just it was just people in the streets. But when I got to the spot that George Floyd died, thousands of people, thousands of fly, uh, flowers everywhere, and I remember that when that happened. Someone asked me, he said, how did, how did it feel when you went there? I said, the best way I could describe it is that I felt like they were waiting for me. Because they were walking around aimlessly and hopeless. And finally, in the middle of that, I had this stranger nearby. I said, hey, I want to pray over these people. I never do videos, but the Lord's telling me to do a video of it. Do you mind doing it? His name was Peter. Thank God he didn't steal my phone. <laughs> but let me tell you something. I, I, I was walking in such an authority. If he would have stole it, God would have put it right back in my hand. That's real talk. And, and he recorded the video. You saw it. I prayed over the people. Didn't even share my name with the people. Just told them, "I'm um, from the United Pentecostal Church International." You saw them there, atheists, every nation, every kindred, every tongue was lifting up their hands, glorifying God. They were clapping. It was like a Pentecostal church service on the streets. Uh, something began to change in the atmosphere. Uh, the next day, CNN went into the same spot, uh, and when they went to the same spot, they said, "Look, uh, this is the spot that George Floyd." it died. Huh? They said this is the most peaceful it has been here in 17 days. They said even last night the, the day that I went was the first night that they were coming in with the National Guard. He said even last night there were no riots in this place right here. Said There was only peace and togetherness and unity in this spot. That video wound up getting seen over 5 million times. Different denominations across the the nation began to send me private messages and saying, we thank God for the United Pentecostal Church leading the charge in this hour. that didn't even believe what we believed in. They were sharing the video. And people started typing in upci.org all across the nation. There was a woman that typed it in. The closest church near to her was out of state. She woke up early that Sunday morning. She drove hours out of state and she was born again of the water and of the spirit. The next day, they brought a baptistry to the same spot that I prayed in, the spot that George Floyd died. They brought a baptistry and laid it in the street, and they started baptizing scores of people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. I got private messages from a guy who said my 80 year old grandma he says she's been an atheist her whole life he said she saw the video and when she saw the video he said she got down on her hands and knees and she began to shake under the power of the Holy Ghost what was that it was just the anointing of the Holy Ghost and I'm not the only one that has it you have it you have the oil and as long as you have the oil, you can make a difference hallelujah 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. praise God. I said the oil is the answer people of every nation every kindred, every tongue began to inbox me and began to tell me I went to a UPCI church for the first time I was baptized in Jesus name, I was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, can I tell you the oil, the anointing the blood of Jesus is the only thing that can change a human heart, I come to preach to somebody right now, it's the only thing that can reach generate a spirit come on somebody it's the only thing that can take someone from what they used to be come on somebody it's the only hallelujah churches went into the streets oh lord churches went into the streets and they began to pray for protesters they prayed for the black and the white they prayed for the Spanish they prayed for the Indian they prayed for the Chinese they prayed for people in the streets they began to pray for the police officers and the police departments I got a call from a homicide detective in Minneapolis oh god and he said can you pray for me i'm struggling with anxiety and fear i began to pray with him over the phone they they couldn't comprehend somebody giving unconditional love to them but can i tell you that's what's going to change the world the oil and love churches. They linked up with police departments. They began to clean up the cities. They prayed for mayors. They prayed for governors. They went out into the streets. They linked up with the protesters. They were baptizing them in the streets. They were praying them through in the Holy Ghost. The denominations began to catch wind of it. They fell in step and began to follow after our example. What were they following? They were following the oil. They were following the oil. Can I tell you, we have the oil we have the anointing and that's the only thing that can turn the world upside down come on Holy Ghost people ask me did you get any resistance I didn't meet an ounce of resistance in Minneapolis I had people of every color white and black coming asking me for advice on what they should do Oh Lord, the oil is countercultural. Amen. Amen. The oil just comes in and just starts taking over stuff. Come on. Come on, Holy Ghost. I cannot tell you the gospel of Jesus Christ is still the answer. I said, The gospel. Can I tell you? a few years ago I was in Alabama and I was in Alabama while I was there there was about 300 people and I was the only black man in the building and as I began to preach the word of God the pastor the Caucasian man came up to me and when he came up to me he said you don't understand I've got six people in my church that used to be in the Ku Klux Klan and he said they just started coming to God they were the Ku Klux Klan their whole life and they just told me after being baptized they said Victor Jackson is my favorite preacher what does that that is nothing but the oil that is nothing but the anointing and that is the only thing that can break the back of sin come on huh? you gotta stop walking around insecure huh? like you don't have anything you gotta start walking with your shoulders squared huh? you gotta start walking into your workplace huh? you gotta start walking into your school say I got what you need huh? and it is enough to heal your body it's enough to deliver you it's enough oh somebody clap your hands if you believe it. I've got hundreds of videos and pictures of people getting baptized, of people receiving the Holy Ghost. Like he said, Eddie James shared the video. And he said, I thank God for the United Pentecostal Church International. He said, I'm going to do what this man did. And he took a bunch of people and he went into Cleveland uh, and he began to also uh, try to share the love of Jesus Christ. Uh, can I tell you, the Bethel worship leader, uh, I can't pronounce his name, but his first name Sean. Uh, and Sean, he came to Minneapolis after three days after I left when he heard what was happening. Uh, and he sang in the streets there. Uh, and when he sang in the streets there, uh, they were baptizing people in Jesus' name. Uh, he took, uh, he tried to take it to, to Portland and California and he did the same thing there but he got it from Minneapolis but the interesting thing is that he didn't take the baptism formula to California and to Portland but he tried to take what we did there I'm trying to tell you that the apostolic church is influencing the whole world and people got their eyes on us why because they got their eyes on the oil and the oil is leading the way in this hour there is only one God and his name is Jesus and they come on Holy Ghost then Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you uh, in the name of Jesus Christ uh, for the remission of sins uh, and ye shall receive the gift uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, and that is sufficient uh, to turn the world uh, upside down. There's a, famous, there's a famous NBA basketball player who plays for the Charlotte Harness. He used to be in the United Pentecostal Church when he grew up in high school, and he wound up drifting away when he got to college, wound up getting drafted in the first round, making millions of dollars, and his mom is still in the church. They, His mom showed him a video of me preaching about sacrifice. He had been... Oh, drifted away from the Lord for a while. He has a big heart. He's a good good man, but he drifted away. Showed him the video of me talking about sacrifice. They said that when he watched the video, they said he began to cry. This is a national NBA basketball player, famous. If I told you his name, you would know it. And literally, they said that when he watched the video, that he broke down in tears. And he called his mom and said, Mom, I know I'm not going to play basketball forever. He said, there's a call of ministry on my life. You have more influence than you realize. Nothing special about me. You have the anointing. You have the oil. You have the Holy Ghost. You just got to start putting it uh, into action. You've got to start sharing this oil everywhere that you go. Come on, somebody. You got to start sharing it with the drug addict. Come on, somebody. You got to start sharing it with the depressed, with the broken, with the downtrodden. Because that's what they're looking for. If you look at the story of the... Good Samaritan, the Levite. We have a hand if I'm helping somebody. Is this helping somebody? The Good Samaritan. We talk about how the Levite, how the priest, when he came, he saw this person hurting. This man's half dead on Jericho Road, beaten by thieves. And the priest, when he saw this man broken, he passed on the other side. The Levite, he came a little closer. He came and looked on him, but the Levite could only see him half dead. He couldn't see him half alive. God forbid we look at this world only as half dead instead of half alive. He could only see it half dead, and when he saw it, he went on the other side as well. But, you know, I don't condemn them for that. I don't condemn them for that. I don't condemn the Levite. I don't condemn the priest. Why? Because when the good Samaritan came, the Bible says that he poured in oil on his wounds. He was the only one that had what it took to meet the need. The priest wasn't carrying oil and the Levite wasn't carrying oil. But that good Samaritan had oil on him while he was on his journey. And he was the only one that can meet the need of a broken world. There's a lot of people that are going around that don't have the oil and they're trying to meet the need by conversation alone. A conversation isn't enough if it's not, it can't produce change in somebody's heart. They're coming to the man on Jericho Road and talking to him. Oh, it hurts, right? Uh, Yeah, it hurts. Uh, How bad does it hurt? Really bad. Oh, man. Uh, Tell me about the whole experience. Go ahead. Oh, wow. So they stabbed you. Oh, whoa. Right here too. My God. You know, oh, well. Man. Well, all right. And they were so focused on their own journey that they wouldn't stop and meet the need because they didn't have what it took to meet it. But the Bible says the Good Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. He sacrificed his journey to meet a need. Because the need was more important than the journey. And he's... (laughs) Listen, and he's remembered for the needs that he met. And not for the journey he was on. He pouring in oil. He's the only one that had what it took. To make a difference. In somebody's life. And all these people in the world. That don't have this amazing. This amazing truth, this amazing gospel, this amazing anointing, this amazing spirit. They are getting frustrated because they, they, they don't have what it takes. But if we will take it upon ourselves to go into a broken world and carry that oil and say, this is what you've been looking for. I hurt with you. This is painful. I'm not ignoring you. I love you. I want to hear I want to hear your story. And after I hear it, let me tell you what I brought. I brought some oil. Can you lift up your hands where you are right now? Can you pray that the spirit of God would come down and saturate you? Come on, that's it. Your pain is real, but the oil is real. Your past is real, but the oil is real. <sighs> Let me tell you, when the Spirit of God began to be poured out at Azusa Street, we're about to pray again. I feel a thick presence of God in this place. When the Spirit of God was poured out at Azusa Street in 1906, literally, it brought blacks, whites, Hispanics, Asians all together under one roof, and they glorified God. And they were, had, were integrated more than 50 years before integration was accepted by the culture. And the Spirit moved 50 years before the law moved. They were integrated 50 years before integration was accepted. What was it? It was the oil that brought together. There was no respecter of persons. There was a family atmosphere. They had women and high leadership authorities more than a decade before women were even allowed to vote. The spirit moved 10 years before the law moved. what I'm trying to tell you is that if we will get under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, if we will get in the Spirit, and if we will begin to share this oil everywhere that we go, there is going to be a transformation. It's what they said about the apostles, that these are they that turned the world upside down. That was more than just revival. That was mentality. It was a change in mentality. If you want to go up, you go down. If you want to be the greatest as be servant of all it was contrary to the Gentiles way of doing things they liked to lord over one another but those disciples everywhere that they shared the oil there was inequality that was happening come on somebody there was a shift that was happening there was an anointing that was taking place what I'm asking for this church to do I'm going to ask the Lord to let the anointing of God Begin to fall on you, where you begin to leave this place finding empty vessels and begin to share the oil everywhere that you go. And we begin to change the world by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I want you to lift up your hands where you are, and I need somebody to intercede right now. I need somebody to press into the Holy Ghost. I feel a shift beginning to take place, something is beginning to happen something is coming down from heaven. Come on, find a place to pray. Come on, somebody press in. Find a place to pray. Find a place to kneel. Find a place to intercede. Just let the oil come over you. You can walk back and forth. You can kneel. You can come down and pray. You can you can sit and lift up your hands, but somebody just press in where you are. God is wanting to use this church to turn the tide in this hour. What's happening at this church is countercultural. What's happening at this church is running different than what the world is projecting. God is wanting to use East Wind Pentecostal Church to begin to share his glory across the world all across the nation and begin to turn the tide of evil and let there be a shining light from a dark place come on somebody begin to press in right now I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost somebody is getting saturated in the name of Jesus I feel such an incredible growth in this church. This church is the example of a family. What you guys are doing and what you guys represent is what's going to change the world what's going to change this country. The growth that I feel here and the bond with one another that I feel here, it is commendable. We just, it's time to share it. We just need to share it and we're going to do it together. The world doesn't understand how You guys could sit next to one another, different colors, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, and still have a joy in your spirit. And you're almost closer to them than your own family because of the spirit of God that's in you. They don't understand that. You are distinct by this shall they know you're my disciples, that you have love for one another. There is a distinction of love upon this church and it's only going to grow. And it's feel like God is preparing people to reach more. To reach more, God is equipping people. We've survived some stuff, we've been through some stuff, but God has empowered you to start reaching for those lost loved ones. You are standing out to those lost family members in a way that you never have before. They don't understand your peace, they don't understand how you keep on doing what you're doing. Your oil is setting you apart for this hour. I want you to just join with somebody near you, whether it be a family member. Or whoever, I just feel such a unity in this place. Oh, it's a unity of the spirit. And I'm just going to pray that God would just grow it. Oh, that it would grow and that it would overflow out of this sanctuary. Come on, can you join with somebody near you? Can you close your eyes? And can you pray for that person next to you that the oil would come on their lives? that the anointing would use them